0: Reading from Acts 8, um, verse 26 to 39. Philip and the Ethiopian. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please. Who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else Then Philip began with that very Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus As they traveled along the road they came to some water and the eunuch said look here is water what can stand in the way of my being baptized and he gave orders to stop the chariot Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Oh, there we go. We're on. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. And um, thank you, Amy, for reading and Greg for leading us and starting off our time so well. I'm still getting uh, used to starting off our, our celebrations in, um, in the Word and then moving on to worship, uh, a time of worship and responding in song later. But um, if you missed uh, earlier or well, sort of last month, this is what we're, we're having a go at. We're having a go at doing it this way a little different to probably any other church you've been to in your life and how we have always used to or most of the time have done it but um, uh, we're we're just seeing seeing how this works and so our kids are off learning about Jesus including billabong bubs which is kind of new to us and uh, I hope uh, how many of you found the the session on contemplative contemplative whatever however you want to say it prayer last Sunday helpful uh, our team are on retreat, and um, I'm hoping that was a blessing. We're interspersing some sessions from the prayer course, uh, which is uh, done by a ministry called 27 Prayer, interspersing those sessions with um, some, some messages um, from the scriptures that I'm sharing um, today from Acts 8 that we just read. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for your word to us. And Father, may the, the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you this morning. Open our hearts, open our ears to hear your word for us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty. I'm, uh, I'm wondering uh, if you could uh, answer this question for me. Uh, multiple choice question. Yeah. When you feel God's asking you to do something, do you think you that we should A... Respond even if we're not sure that it's him, or B, wait until we're really certain that it's him, lest we get it wrong. What do you think? (laughs) C, yeah, yeah, good answer, option C. Let's talk about option C for the next 20 minutes. Last week, uh, as I mentioned, session six from the prayer course, contemplation, contemplative prayer. Uh, Next week's session's actually on listening prayer. And so we're kind of in this time about how we hear God's voice uh, and listen to Him, if you like, the second direction of prayer. Prayer Prayer's a two way conversation Um, us talking to God, Him talking to us. And um, many uh, years ago, I, I, as a young adult, about Uh, 19 years of age, went on a a retreat as part of my Bible college course, um, which was all about hearing the voice of God. And that, those few days were very powerful for me and and enforced the the importance, the centrality of hearing God's voice and listening um, to to what he's saying to us. Um, But it also, I guess, started for me, what I've now understood is a, a lifelong lesson in this, that it's not something that we just learn overnight or at a retreat, as important and central as it is to being a disciple of Jesus, it's not just something that I can preach and then you've got it and then we take it and we do it. It's a, it's a lesson we learn over our lives how to tune into his voice. That being said, there are some biblical principles. There are some, some things we learn from the scriptures and the life of Jesus on how we hear God how, how, and, and when do we respond. How do we respond to God? Um, I used to get the impression from friends of mine that I would hang out with in the church that uh, either God's voice was crystal clear, and and so it was just He's saying this, so we respond, or it was non-existent, that it was really black and white, um, and and I would get a little discouraged. Why didn't I hear God's voice? Or maybe sometimes I'd, I'd sort of hear God speak, but then it'd be gone, and and, and so. I started to realise, okay, maybe it's not quite so. Sometimes God's voice, God's voice is crystal clear, and sometimes He's just not speaking. But, um, but there's a process here, and a learning, and a tuning in um, that we learn over a lifetime. Um, it takes faith. It takes practice. It might even take risk sometimes. Um, my, I guess my goal today is that we would recognise the lifelong lesson that this is, and not be paralysed by fear in the meantime, because we're this far along the journey, and, and, and we feel like we have a long way to go. Um, at the end of my, uh, a sermon a few weeks ago in February, I, I kind of finished this way of, 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 you know, that we not be afraid that we'll get it wrong. And I'm hoping that, again, I feel like we need to spend a little more time on that, and I'm hoping we come away not being afraid um, of getting it wrong. Uh, so the title of my message today is uh, "Is that You, Lord?" And uh, I want to briefly touch on why we listen to, for God's voice. Listen to God's voice, and and then spend more more time on the how. Uh, and hopefully, my offering this morning is, is helpful to you. Um, very simply, why we listen, um, and and we can move through the slides if that's okay. Um, Doug, I'm sorry, I don't have my thing in front of me, so um, I'm sure you'll follow. Uh, It's about obedience when it comes down to it. Why do we listen to God's voice? It's about obedience. Uh, So the point of listening is not so we can go, Oh, great, I've heard God's voice. Look at how wonderful I am. But that we would respond to what he's saying to us. Obedience, I've come to see, is is a, a chance to respond in gratitude to our Father who loves us. It's not a chance to prove our worth to him, as in, we're obedient to God and therefore, because we've done that, now we're worthy. It's not that. Our obedience is a response in gratitude to the fact that he's already made us worthy and he already sees us as worthy to be his children. Only in obedience does, does, God's, does hearing God's voice bear good fruit though. Right? Even, even if that obedience to what he's saying is not sort of, okay, God's saying, go talk to that person, or God's saying, go change your career to this. But if God's saying a, wor- a word of affirmation over you, if God's saying, I-, I love you and I want you to know you're my child, obedience might sometimes be as simple as accepting that. It's not always just about uh, doing the thing that he's told you to do. Sometimes it's about accepting obediently what he's saying he sees us as, that he loves us. The life of a disciple of Jesus is essentially to listen and obey, to listen and obey. And there's this rhythm in life where we listen and obey, listen and obey. It's about obedience. So this is the why we listen to God. Um, so obviously we could spend a lot more time on that, but moving on to the how, where we want to spend the next 15 minutes or so, how do we identify God's voice? And, and I want to start Uh, with a kind of a caveat to say this is my attempt to preach the unpreachable sermon (laughs) because i i feel like like i said it's a lifelong lesson and it's it's impossible as with many elements of following jesus i admit but certainly this it's impossible to sort of give like let's do this these three steps or these four steps and this will be how we hear god's voice this is this is but scratching the surface of a, of a lesson we learn in relationship with God over a lifetime. Um, and it's not to sort of, you know, be a cop-out, but just to say this is a few things from what I see in the Scriptures and what I've learned in even just recent years, that how we might approach listening to God's voice. And I hope it's helpful for you. The first one I would say, uh, point one, is to keep your ears open. That we would keep our ears open. Maybe that goes without saying. um, But we've got to keep our spiritual ears pricked up all the time. This is twofold. And if we go to the, the uh, the next slide, it's heart and head. What I mean by that is... We both have to, in our heart, want to hear His voice. There's got to be a desire. That's part of keeping our, ears, our spiritual ears open. Hungry for Him. For, hungry for relationship with Him. And then we've got to actually understand. We've got to have that head-level knowledge of how God speaks, that his word has been given to us and he speaks through it, as, as well as other things that we learn from the scriptures. So on the one hand, a perfect theological understanding of how God speaks through the Bible, hermeneutics and correct use of spiritual gifts, and uh, all of that is of little value, I think you would agree, if there's not a desire, if there's not this th- th- this desire and hunger that the personal loving father would speak to us we can understand it all but if we don't really want it what's the point on the other hand we will get stuck and maybe this is your experience if you want to hear his voice more than anything but you stand under a cloud waiting for him to write it uh you know in the cloud because God has spoken and he has given us a, a ways in which he speaks that we need to understand. So that's what I mean. there's a heart level and there's a head level of keeping our ears open. With regards to the Bible, we believe uh, wholeheartedly that God first and foremost speaks through his word, through the scriptures, through the Bible. This is the inspired and infallible word of God. God never speaks anything contrary to his written word. We also believe wholeheartedly that the Bible is not God. I am not holding God in my hand right now. And yet evangelicals, most of us, are guilty of acting that way sometimes. God is a personal God. He has spoken through his word and he uses his word to speak personally and intimately today. And he speaks sometimes, completely apart from, yet never contrary to, his word, his written word. Right? God speaks through prophecy and through visions and through impressions and through common sense and, and wisdom from godly people and advice. God speaks in a whole heap of ways, and yet it starts with His word. And so I guess the more important question. Again, coming, that we've come back to is, are your spiritual ears open, heart and head? In Acts chapter 8, that we, and you might be wondering, oh, well, why, why did we read that as the Bible reading? The, the, the reason and, and what has stuck with, remember I referred to this a few weeks ago, but what's stuck with me from this scripture is that the writer Luke, um, who wrote the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts, clearly was not bothered about how Philip... The disciple in the, in the story was seen to have heard God's voice. The, the method, what, how he heard God was not the issue here um, when he was led to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with the Ethiopian man. Did God speak through the Bible in this passage? Yes. He went up to the cart and the guy's reading Isaiah and he uses that to, to share who Jesus is. Did God lead by the Holy Spirit? Yes. Did God speak through an angel? Yes. All three happen in this passage. The point is not that any one of them was more or less important. The point, and what mattered, is that Philip's ears were open. His ears were open to the angel. I mean, that doesn't happen very often for me. I don't know about you. If there's an angel who visits you every night, I think it's more of a rare occasion. Led, Led by the Holy Spirit, prompted, guided, maybe more, through his word, absolutely. But the point was not how here. It was that Philip's ears well, open. And the most simple, simple and practical advice that I've ever had when it comes to keeping my ears open to God's voice is, is simply this. If we go, next slide. Look and listen for the moments that grab your attention. That doesn't sound overly spiritual, but, but I... I think that if we approach the Bible or prayer time or worship or sermons or, or decisions in life or, or circumstances or crises, whatever. If we, I think if we approach these things with what is the word of the Lord to me right now, we, we get stuck. It's like that we usually miss it. Whereas if we simply notice things, little things. Moments, even nudges or a standout word or phrase in here or something that grabs our attention, and then we reflect on those things and mull over them and look for wisdom and go to God's Word and and discuss, and, and explore a little more, that's when that small thing, which seems small, may actually be the beginning of God speaking to us and His Word to us. Rather than starting with, what are you saying right now, Lord? Please drop it fully you know, down into my head or into my spirit. Look for the things that grab our attention and go from there. So let's keep our ears open. The second thing I would say is, that we take the first step. What I, I love about the story with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch is that God didn't lay out the whole plan from the beginning. It's like, okay, Philip, go over here. There's going to be a guy in a cart, then he's going to be reading Isaiah. Go say this, da 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 He said, go over there. And the angel came and said, I don't want you to go over to this area. Then the Spirit lived, then the Bible. When God speaks, he normally gives us one step at a time. Many of you know the the, the verse, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a spotlight to my future. I mean, the word is a lamp. It's not that. The word is a lamp to my feet. Think about like an oil lamp, not like high beam headlights from your SUV sort of showing you the whole way exactly where you're going. So often God's word is one step. What's the next step? Okay, I can just see where I need to take the next step. And sometimes it's taking the first step that matters. And this can be frustrating, right? Because it's like, I kind of want to know where this journey is leading, God. I wanna know, I'd want i like to know where this is heading. What path are you taking me down? But God's more interested in the relationship than the results. I, I'm very like, I want to see the end game here. I want to see the results. I mean, you... I don't know about you, like watching TV shows that basically on purpose have the after credit scene that open up all these other questions for you. Some of you are laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, ah, now I don't know where this is heading. And you're left guessing and watching endless YouTube. Anyway, um, (laughs) but he's more interested in the next step, the next step, the relationship than the end result. Um. If we're results-focused, it's like, where is this going to end? What's this going to produce in the long run? We get paralyzed. It's like, I don't know if I want to take the first step. If we're focused on trusting God and our relationship with Him, it doesn't matter what follow, the following step might be, because this is obedience. This is what it's about right now, just taking the step. <laughs> even if, um, even if that, that ends up in a circle and gets us nowhere, we've been obedient to God. And God is not looking for results that prove your worth to him. I think this is where it's rooted, that we're trying to prove our worth to God. But if I can get to the end, God, I will have proved myself to you, as opposed to if I can just take a step, that's out, of, that's out of gratitude that you've already given me a worthiness in your eyes. So when we think God's speaking, even if it seems small or incomplete or insignificant, we need to respond, just take a step, make the phone call, read the passage again, take the step, you know... Um, Mark out that 10 minutes of time in your calendar, whatever it is that feel, you feel is the first step. Um, then we need to wait a while. Um, I, I wanted to leave this one out and jump to the fourth and final point because I'm impatient. <laughs> um, but uh, some, some wise people have taught me you can't ignore this. That just waiting that waiting on god is is so important in this in the process of listening to him when we open our ears and then take take a step we often then have a chance to let God speak again and to, to wait on him, to, to seek wise counsel, to let him show us the next step to explore biblical guidance. In some cases, it's just to realize that this so far was just a dumb idea spinning around in our head because it's, there's not actually peace from God about it. And so the, 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 the first step we take, we, well, thankfully the, that we took, thankfully, thankfully it didn't take us too far because now we need to go back. It wasn't God in the first place. And so Whatever waiting ends up being, we sometimes need to wait. Um, One of the primary uh, parts is not the right word, but you know, a a big part of God's character, a big big, um, yeah, who God is 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 His patient. Um, This is wonderful to know sometimes when we need God to be patient with us, and then sometimes it rubs up against our impatience that God is so patient and we are not, and so it's frustrating. Um, you know, we want to make plans, progress projects, um, especially once we've taken the first step in obedience, right? Right, God, I'm on your path now. Let's do this. Come on. Um, some of you will remember the old Leroy Jenkins video. Um, okay, only like two people. That, don't worry, just, just let that one slide, right? It's just like this guy, charge in. Let's go. Let's do this. And then, like, we haven't actually, we're just, we're just going ahead of God way, way too quickly, Again, the goal is not results, it's relationship. The goal is to walk in step with the Spirit. I, I was reminded recently that the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, right? it's, it's not the goal. It's the, it's the outworking of walk in step with the Spirit. And so we're not trying to produce the fruit. We're trying to walk in step with God and then the fruit comes. And yet so often we go, well, I'll try, I'll try and be loving, I'll try and be... Good. And nothing wrong with all that, of course, but walking in step with God is the goal here. Relationship, not results. Now, here's where this sermon begins to fall quite short, from, in my opinion, when it comes to a lesson on, I guess, how we identify and respond in obedience to God's voice. Because at some point we need to move from waiting to the next point, which is taking a risk. But as of right now, at about 10.33 on 7th of March 2021, I'm really not sure how to identify when that is the case. (laughs) This is the question. When do we move from waiting to taking a risk? I don't think there's any set answer to that. But at some point, when when we've sought out biblical guidance and godly wisdom, I just know that sometimes God doesn't make the next step very clear and he says we have to step out in faith. We have to take a risk. It doesn't matter how small or big it is, whether it's choosing which Bible passage to read because we feel God has said and the first step was, "Ah, spend some time in the Word each day, or whether it's a career change because God's led us out of something that we were in. At some point, we may have to just step out and, and that question I opened with, yeah, I wish there was an option C <laughs> from either wait until we're sure and we're clear on what God's saying versus just we have to take a step. Do we wait a little long, longer? Do we, do we wait? Or do we go, I think God's saying this. Let's go. There's no hard and fast rule. What I would say though is this. Jesus is okay with failure. Jesus... He's not looking to berate you or I because we desired to do what he asked of us. We we said, okay, I feel it's this God, and we stepped out, but we got it a bit wrong. Jesus is okay with failure, and and he would rather you seek his word, his voice, with all your heart and fail spectacularly. as you respond in what you feel with all your heart is obedience because you didn't quite get it, didn't quite hear him correctly. He was saying, actually, it was here I wanted you. He would rather that than you hear his voice but not respond either because you either weren't sure or you weren't willing. A friend of mine puts it this way. Jesus has a high tolerance. If you read the scripture and look at how he interacted with his disciples, Jesus has a high tolerance for failure but a low tolerance for disobedience. And even in disobedience, those kinds of failures God God is a God of second chances. Thank, thank the Lord. Thank, thank you God. Um, just look at Jonah. Nope, sorry, God. I'm going this way. And um, when, when it comes to the point where he repents and he admits fault, he ultimately does get a second chance. But I think that when we fail through an attempt to be obedient, the regret isn't there. Instead, we learn a valuable lesson that that's actually could be just as valuable as if we did get it right. But when we neglect to take that risk that might mean obedience, it's, it just ends up being a missed opportunity, not one that God has then done with us. He wasn't done with Jonah, there was a second chance, but it's a missed opportunity that can bring regret and, and the lesson's even harder. I'll just tell a short story to finish off this morning um, about... Uh, three years ago, two, two, two or so years ago, um, we, we bought a new car, Karen and I bought a new car because we had to get a, another baby seat in when Josiah was to be born. And so um, I went to sell my, um, sell my other car. And I felt at the time a, a kind of a, a prompting to give this car away. And um, uh, I, I, I think I, I sort of sensed who that might be for but I rationalized that, as you would, and, and went, oh, that, that might just be me trying to you know, think of something noble that I can do. Oh, I don't, I don't know. And ultimately, I didn't. I sold the car. It took a long time to sell, and I got a lot less for it than what I, what I could, should thought I would get. But that's beside the point. Um, it turned out that at pretty much the exact time that I neglected to go and give this car away, um, uh, the, the person who, who came to, the family who came to mine to give it to, somebody else gave them a car and it was the exact make, model and colour of mine. <laughs> um, and I was reminded of this last weekend when um, this person uh, rocked up at a house to, to leave the car there for a while. It's like oh, my parents' house, sorry. It's sitting in the driveway and I'm going, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Um, <laughs> And I was just looking at it and going, why is that? Oh, yes, that's my—that's basically my... Well, that could have been my car. Um, and, and it was just... I mean, it's not as if God's plans for the world crumbled because I was disobedient at that time. I mean, it was just that I missed an opportunity to, um, to be obedient and to find the joy in being in that relationship with God, in that partnership with God. Um, and so... It's it's a it's it's no huge deal. Um, uh, there's a little bit of regret and just that, but also that lesson of going okay. So next time, God, if it's just that nudge, even if it's a risk, even if I'm not sure, maybe I'll be a little bit more inclined to do what I think you're saying. As we, we finish this morning and just have a, a short time of prayer and just quiet pausing before God, um, as a as a church community. I'm really excited, but also, I guess, a little nervous that we as a church are really going to have some opportunities to take some risks in the coming years. We had a wonderful time last weekend as a leadership team and the spouses and kids all together down in Mandra. Thank you to everyone who held a fort here while all 18 of us or 17 of us were away, and uh, we, we've been just going, God, what, where, where are you leading us? What are you saying is the next, some of the next steps for us? And some of those next steps are going to be risks. Some of those next steps are going to feel like, wow, I, God, this, we don't know if this is what you're saying. And, and I can pretty much guarantee that there's going to be some failures along the way. Because we go, God, we think you're leading here now. We're waiting on you. But at some point, we'll step out and we'll get some things wrong. We'll, we'll mess some things up. But I'm so glad that we as a church want to be obedient to God first and foremost. Not focused on the results, but just focused on obedience. And so as a church, let's be willing to step out and take some risks. To listen, to obey, to listen, to obey, listen, obey. Father, uh, as we just sit here now, there are things that you are speaking to all of us about whether that be something that stood out from the scripture, whether that be an affirmation over us or a specific thing you're calling us to do. And just in these next few minutes, I pray that whatever you have nudged us on, whatever's grabbed our attention in the last week or so, you would remind us of it. And uh, Lord, that you, um, as, we, as we keep our ears open now, you would show us that next step, that thing that you're calling us into, even if that next step is just to accept what you're saying over us. So I just want to ask us to keep our eyes closed for just the next 60 seconds and listen to God. Keep your ears open and if there's anything he's saying, anything he's he's impressing on your heart, just uh, receive it just for the next 60 seconds.